you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 198th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net which comes to me through my website at iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also in a few minutes, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, Obama Magazine. Well, my highlight of the week was the NBA and NHL conference finals being held uh, in the NBA. I think we got the matchup that everybody really wants, which is Golden State and the Cavaliers, uh, meaning we'll have the reigning MVP, Seth Curry, going up against the best player in the world, LeBron James, both at the absolute top of their game. And uh, one question I have is, will LeBron be guarding Seth Curry at any points during the finals? Uh, as we all know, LeBron can play all five offensive positions, and he can also defend all five defensive positions. So that, to me, would be the ultimate theater for the NBA Finals, uh, LeBron trying to guard Steph Curry, who is just simply a joy to watch, as I pondered it and watched him play uh, throughout these playoffs. Uh it just reminds me of when I was a kid watching Pete Maravich uh, as well as Rick Mountain, Calvin Murphy back in the day, but particularly Pete Maravich. I mean, Steph Curry is clearly the closest thing I've seen to Pistol Pete, who actually hailed out of Western Pennsylvania, where I'm from. And then, of course, went on to LSU, where he played for his father, Press. And uh, again, there's just... Nothing has come along in the NBA, in my mind, in a long, long time that is better than watching Steph Curry shoot, period. You just, when he, you don't even have any time to get ready. He gets that shot off so quick. But, you know, when he, uh, when he lets it fly, it's the best thing going in basketball. And I believe the best thing I've seen in basketball in the NBA and a dozen or more years, really, since the Larry Bird era. And uh, so, yeah, it should be great. Uh, I do wish they weren't taking a week off between uh, the end of the conference finals and beginning of the NBA finals. I know that the NBA uh, sets these dates well in advance, so obviously they have to build in potential game fives, six, and seven. Uh, And, you know, Cleveland swept. Golden State went five. And now we have, I believe it'll ultimately be eight days off. They begin on Thursday. And uh, last night was a little bit of a, a preview of 
what we've gotten so used to over the last six weeks or so of uh, pretty much an NBA or an NHL playoff game every single night, uh, usually one of each, and before that, two of each, and before that, three three games, maybe four apiece on any given night, and it was just awesome. Uh, so last night uh, was a little precursor of what's to come in just another couple of weeks, which is no postseason NBA or NHL, and uh, you know, not liking it. But in the meantime, we have uh, two game sevens in the NHL. It's as good as it gets. As I've said often on this show, the best thing in sports, in my mind, is the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. And when you're talking game sevens and you're talking conference finals to get to the finals, uh, it's as good as it gets. So tonight we have the Rangers and the Lightning in Madison Square Garden, game seven, tomorrow night, Blackhawks and Ducks in California, game seven. Uh, you couldn't ask for a better weekend. I guess it's the third time that it has happened in the history of the NHL where both conference finals go to a game seven. And uh, it's just going to be as good as it gets, you know, tonight in the world's greatest arena. And tomorrow night, uh, you know, Anaheim, which has a great crowd, but, you know, watching the seasoned champion Blackhawks go on the road for a game seven, uh, it's going to be priceless. Um, so, yeah, it's just uh, been wonderful to watch. It's lived up as it does every year to all the expectations as being again. Uh, the best thing in sports, and uh, it, cul- it doesn't culminate per se because the finals are the culmination, but it's as good as it gets to uh, lead into the NHL finals, which begin on Wednesday night. So, yeah, it's going to be, uh, and the Blackhawks watching Jonathan Taves score two goals in uh, the last minute and a half to send that game into overtime, which ended a mere, uh, you know, which ended quickly. Thereafter, uh, priceless stuff. You know, all the overtimes they've played uh, have just been, you know, spectacular. Uh, Between Taves and Patrick Kane, superstars uh, playing super is just, it's exactly what you want in sports. You want the stars to show up at the biggest moments, and nobody's been doing that for a while now, better than the Blackhawks. Uh, the other series, Rangers lightning, uh, you know, it's just a complete role reversal. You assume the Rangers are going to get win game five and then Tampa Bay game six. When we get to the game seven, instead it's the exact opposite, uh, you know, lightning win game five in the garden, setting up game six clincher in Tampa and lo and behold, uh, the Rangers come out and dominate. Uh, still gets us to the game seven, but just not in the way we might have thought. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist, the goalie for the Rangers, he is the key, of course. So it'll be uh, fascinating to see how uh, you know how that uh, turns out. His record in elimination games in the Garden, that type of thing. Game sevens, they're all just superior. 
So it's stacked heavily in the Rangers' favor. But with what we've seen, you certainly can't assume the Rangers will win by any means. Leads into my bizarre story of the week, uh, just sticking with the playoffs, which was uh, the way the Chicago Bulls fired Tom Thibodeau and really trashed him on the way out the door. It's just not uh, something that you see uh, very often, uh, if ever. And the language was, you know, sports speak, so to so to say. And, you know, it's just odd, all of it. Um, you know, we know Tibbs from up here in Boston where he assisted Doc Rivers. He did a great job with that franchise. So, you know, I think he's like the fifth highest winning percentage of all time for coaches who have uh, coached over 300 games, 64%. And more than half of those without Derrick Rose made the playoffs all five years. Granted, it looked like this was their year to finally take down the Cavaliers who were injured. Didn't happen. Uh, But, you you know, apparently this has been going on for a long, long time, this uh, acrimony between Tibbs and the front office. But again, why you have to trash the guy going out the door just makes no sense. Just let him go. And that's that, you know, and everybody just move on. That's the way business is done in America. I feel, uh, and that includes sports as well. So it just did not, uh, make sense. And my bizarre story of the week, it was an easy one. Sure. You all know what it is. And it's of course the FIFA debacle as we speak, they're voting, uh, in Zurich, Switzerland, for a new president. Uh, the first ballot was just completed, and it appears Sepp Blatter, uh, you know, is well ahead. I guess there was enough for a that, that requires a second ballot, which is happening at this moment, uh, just beginning, I believe, so it may not get done before the end of the show. But it appears that Sepp Blatter will be reelected uh, I'll just leave it to your, uh, your imagination as to how that happens and what that means. I mean, what went on this week was, you know, uh, right out of a movie. I mean, you can't make it up if you tried to sell it to Hollywood, they probably wouldn't buy it. It's too outlandish, uh, you know, arresting people at the Congress in Zurich, Switzerland at the hotel that I, you know, like one of the best hotels in the world raiding FIFA's headquarters, raiding CONCACAF's headquarters in Miami, uh, to see that press conference with the U.S. Attorney General, the head of the FBI, speaker from the IRS. You know, it's just, uh, uh, again, surreal, all of it, in every way possible, still unfolding, uh, just an absolutely fascinating story who knows what it all means but at the end of the day uh the president Sepp Blatter of FIFA was not arrested and appears uh before the afternoon is out he will be re-elected again for a four-year term as president he's 79 years old and uh we'll see what happens from here but uh, a seismic event across the globe in sports, you can't get any bigger than this for a global, uh, you know, for a global event 
in sports. It's, this is it. This is the, uh, you know, this is the top of the mountain for people who are literally from all corners of the earth being uh, interested and having it get their attention, to say the least. So, with that said, as my former co-host, Lee Mont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. Next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, Obama Magazine. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests. And on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, Obama Magazine. And A.P., how you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, John. Great to be here. Great to have you. Thank you, as always, for joining us. And uh, at the end of the first segment, um, I was talking about the FIFA uh, craziness of this past week and we literally have breaking news i was just looking at espn and prince ali bin hussein al hussein of jordan who was the only opponent in the election of seth bladder sep bladder has just withdrawn so that's it he was shaking hands i wasn't sure what it meant but they just flashed it on the screen uh it looked certainly looked like a goodbye so that's it sep bladder is Re-elected as the head of FIFA. And after what's gone on the last 72 hours, it's pretty unbelievable. What would you, what do you think, AP? 
John, it's it's really shocking news how the executive of an organization facing so much corruption and all these charges is is reelected. Reelected handily, I might add. Uh, I was just before the show started there. I was watching the first ballot count, which was like 133 votes to 80 in favor of Bladder. And although that forces a second ballot because you need two thirds on the first ballot to win. Uh, clearly, the prince saw the writing on the wall and just withdrew. So that's it. It's over. Uh, and yes, you're right. It's unbelievable that, you know, literally less than 72 hours after, you know, officials were arrested in the five star Zurich Hotel, the headquarters of FIFA are raided, the Miami headquarters of CONCACAF are raided by the FBI. <laughs> and the like, uh, and here we are, literally, whatever, 60 hours later, and there he is, Sepp Blatter, smiling ear to ear, being, getting a standing ovation. They're literally giving him, giving him a standing ovation as we speak. Need I say more? <laughs> Need I say more? I, yeah, I didn't even have to work at that one. That was like uh, put right in my lap <laughs> to complete the thought. To complete the thought. Yeah, John, you have to stop laughing before you can really make a comment. I mean, I just never heard the, the scope of an investigation reaching out so far and wide, and the per, the, per, the person at the top is unscathed. It's unscathed. remarkable. It's remarkable. It would be like, you know, Nixon on August 9th, 1974, rather than resigning, would have, like, strode to the podium or of Congress, so to speak, and gotten a standing ovation to, you know, continue his presidency. I mean, it's just, I, I said at the beginning of the show, you know, you can't make this stuff up. It's a Hollywood movie. And this is like, it's hardly an ending, but it is certainly uh, would be a big part of, of, of the movie if, if, if it were a movie, but it's real life. And uh, added to the list, the long list AP of, you know, truth is stranger than fiction, right? It always is, John. It seems to be the case. Uh, you, you just when you sit down to re review these stories and all these things that have happened in sports and life, no, a fiction writer couldn't doesn't have the, the, the depth of imagination to come up with such a scenario. That's exactly right. Well said. Again, I just as I just said, you know, if you ever proposed this. Uh, as a book or a movie, you'd be laughed out of, you know, whoever's office you proposed it at, because, you know, uh, again, you, you know, the, the world soccer, you know, heads meet in Zurich, Switzerland, and, you know, uh, they're arrested, you know, 14 or whatever are arrested by Swiss police. The headquarters are raided by Swiss, Swiss authorities, the FBI in America you know, raids of Miami headquarters for CONCACAF, the North American Federation. And then, uh, you know, that news conference is unforgettable with the U.S. Attorney General, the head of the FBI, you know, bringing all the power that the U.S. can bring, you know, because some of these transactions allegedly occurred, you know, on U.S. soil or through U.S. banking means, whatever. And then, you know, the guy is just reelected handily, you know, with, again, 
culminating in a standing ovation. He's speaking as I speak. And uh, uh, anyway, he was speaking in French earlier today, so I wouldn't be able to understand it if, <laughs> if I could anyway. So, uh, but yeah. I mean, for anybody who cared to watch, and, and I did, you know, I, I've been immersed in the story like many have, uh, you know, since it broke on Wednesday morning. And, you know, I got my master's degree in all things FIFA over the course of the last 48, 60 hours and uh, absolutely fascinating. I mean, you know, the best way I can say it is, you know, they held countries hostage. They're literally above the law, and they answer to no one. And, you know, that's it. What else can you say? I mean, and the figures, the, the bribes, $150 million, things. these are the kind of figures we're hearing are beyond imagination. This is the, the highest stakes imaginable. Uh, uh, I know these are not just weekends in Paris or something, John. These Correct. These are significant numbers. And a couple points to make, John. Uh, Seth Blatter, he's viewed as the most powerful man in sports. Correct. Okay, and then the second thing was, this is only the tip of the iceberg, according to the to the officials in their investigation. Exactly, and clearly everybody's saying, you know, the, the hope is that the guys they arrested will flip and then, you know, turn on him. But, you know, it's really been an, a fascinating, you know, learning experience just about how, you know, they distribute the money, you know, Trinidad and Tobago get as much as Brazil and the United States. Uh, so he has curried all this favor, uh, especially in, uh, you know, regions like Asia and uh, Africa. And they're just intensely loyal to him because they've gotten so much money. You know, it reminds me a little bit of, you know, the NFL back to the Pete Rozell days where, you know, uh, key agreements that ensured the future health of the league and created behemoths, you know, very similar where they did, you know, the, re the equal revenue sharing and all that in the NFL as far back as the fifties and sixties. And look what, you know, look what we have today. So that the green Bay Packers are every bit as big as the New York giants, you know, revenue wise. Yeah. The, the NFL is a unique system that was, you know, started many years ago, and they believe in that philosophy. And, and you never have a Green Bay if, if the rest of the owners and the commissioner didn't pull together to have that type of system. Yeah, well, you know, uh, other sports leagues take a note. It's clearly the way to do it. And, you know, what has fascinated me about this story is, again, you know, it's so much more than just sports. I mean, this is sports, politics, and nations at literally the highest level imaginable, uh, you know where, uh, you know, he, he's beyond the most powerful man. In, I mean, he is the most powerful man in sports, which, again, you know, our perception here in America, you know, we look at a Roger Goodell or someone you can relate to, you know, Mike Slive at the SEC, just retiring here. Fine. We perceive them as all-powerful, you know, but compared to this guy, I mean, there is no comparison, to say the least. This, you know, presidents and kings bow to this guy. I mean, he just beat a prince, need we say more, in an election within the, pa within the past 10 minutes. And the prince, who I've seen interviewed here, just watched another show last night, you know, as impressive as it gets, you know, educated at Princeton, worth a ton of money. I mean, needless to say, he's a prince, a Mideast prince, Middle East prince. 
he, he's done. I mean, his soccer career is over. He's going to go back to being a prince. And, you know, just, you know, but I'm just saying, you know, he, he went for it all. He just lost. He's not even out of the building yet. But by all accounts, you know, and I've been watching a lot of, you know, Jeremy Schapp and Bob Lee, ESPN have done a great job covering this. Uh, but his, you know, his soccer career is now officially over as of five minutes ago. Forever. I mean, because, you know, when you take on, you know, uh, the omnipotent power and you lose, it's over. So, he, I mean, he, he, he went for broke, you know, and, and that's not, to, I mean, he could have like, you know, for instance, he could have met with Bladder this morning, just theoretically, and, you know, withdrawn and then, you know, maybe preserved his future, but he didn't, he went for it. And now it's yeah. over. I, I assume it's over. Everybody, all the commentators assume it's over as well. So fascinating stuff, you know. I mean, it's just you know, John. I'm I'm just speechless on how the the king's clothes can be stripped and he's still the king. Correct. And I'm literally looking again right at live shots of where you know people were just you know nearly it feels like they're it looks like they're just near worshiping him you know just like you know about to get down on one knee and kiss the rings so to speak it, it it looks that way as we speak on tv and you know and i just saw the head of the american federation in the background and you know america and canada who by the way hosts the women's world cup in like a week uh you know they both announced publicly like yesterday that they were voting for the prince against Sepp Blatter. So, you know, what does that mean? I, I think uh, off the top of my head, I think it means uh, don't hold your breath for World Cup in America anytime soon, right? <laughs> I wouldn't think so. <laughs> I wouldn't think so. I'd be the last um, uh, proposition I'd, I'd celebrate. Right. And hello, Russia in 2018 <laughs> and hello, Qatar, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, in 2022, and they already moved it, you know, unprecedented. They moved it from, you know, uh, the summer, 120 degree heat to, you know, the winter in November, December. I think we touched on that and, you know, all that that means for the Western world and that time of year. And, but, you know, I, I guess I'm just wondering about now, you know, what, what the, uh, the DOJ and U.S. authorities and the FBI and everybody else must be thinking at this moment. I mean, I can't help but think that, you know, there was two aspects to the timing. One, because they were all gathered in Zurich, that, that was the time to make the, the move, the arrests, whatever you want to call it, the sting. And, and clearly, uh, it had to be, I would think, you know, secondarily thinking that, you know, this might affect the election, so to speak, if not have it postponed at minimum. Obviously, none of those things happened. You know, it just, business as usual. Yeah, I mean, this is, I don't know what the U.S. officials, I mean, they didn't have any problem pursuing this, all these charges and trying to, you know, change the culture, but uh, I guess it means the United States is, you know, a non-entity in soccer now. I think so. And why don't we just close this segment by saying, you know, if there's any doubt about, you know, how big this is, Vladimir Putin 
basically the head of Russia come out yesterday and his take was that, you know, uh, the United States was doing this to somehow stop the World Cup from being played in Russia in 2018. I mean, this is again, this is, you know, this is something so big that the heads of, you know, the biggest countries in the world need to weigh in on it. It's just that simple. I mean, you know, that just says it all right there. So it's crazy, AP. Uh, you know, it's it's not over yet, and it may be the beginning. And the F and the news conference the other day, American authority said it was the beginning. But boy, oh boy, it's uh, it's going to be fascinating to watch. And if it continues, you know, along these lines, uh, I mean, again, it started with quite, you know, quite a bang on Wednesday morning, and uh, <laughs> we'll we'll see we'll see what happens from here on in. But it is certainly a situation worth watching. And again, literally, the Women's World Cup in Canada begins, you know. In our, in our neighboring country in a, in a week. So it's going to, you know, so soccer in and of itself is going to be in the news more so than usual here in America. So we shall see AP, but why don't we take our break now? Lots to talk about uh, with American sports on the other side. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at Voice America TRN or twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., we just discussed the world of international football, but I think it's time we talk about American football. Uh, 
a lot of developments this week here in uh especially in the world of college football uh i know the sec held their meetings uh, as did the american athletic conference this week but uh Sounds like there's some interesting news coming out of the SEC meetings. Yeah, John, one of the, the prime topics that concern the coaches in the SEC is these satellite football camps. Other leagues have uh, implemented. There's going to be one, for instance, in the state of Alabama, the Michigan University of Michigan is going to come down here and have a satellite football camp. I think Penn State was over in Georgia. So all the SEC coaches are up in arms. They want to have... Uh, they want to propose national legislation to outlaw those satellite camps. In the event that they can't get that passed, then next year it's going to be wide open for the SEC, and they're going to participate. And any time the SEC gets involved, as you know, John, it's it's big. It's very big. So, theoretically then, so a Penn State comes down to Georgia for a camp, right. and... They hold it like independently at a predetermined site in Georgia, and theoretically, it enhances Penn State's visibility in Georgia and beyond. Correct? Correct. Yeah, they can enhance their recruiting, and they, they get to meet more candidates. And you know, that way, they don't have to bring everybody up to Penn State. You can have all these players, let's say, in the Atlanta area. They can show up to that camp. It doesn't cost much for the the person that traveled very far locally and uh, Penn, the Penn State brand reaches out to the Southeast. Right. And these kids get to meet the coaches and potentially it's the beginning of relationship building, which as we know, at the end of the day, as in all walks of life, you know, that's how kids end up at a Penn State or whatever school is down there. Uh, wow. I've heard a little bit about this, but now you're confirming, you know, some things that I've heard and Penn State, Michigan. We're talking the biggest of the big. I can't imagine a Nick Saban, for instance, is too happy about this. No, he's he's one of the loudest voices right. against against this against these satellite camps. And the, and the ironic thing, John, is that the Southeast has most of the players recruited by the league, and really they don't want to go outside that much. They cherry pick around the country, of course, but they, there's really no desire for them to to spend 24-7 recruiting uh, outside the region. Correct. I mean, there's so much talent down there, starting with Florida and Alabama, for that matter. Uh, Georgia, I mean, these are all all uber hotbeds. Um, so then let me ask you this. Is it, if I want to I be sure I'm interpreting you correctly, that so you're saying if this happens, it passes, whatever, these occur this year. So would next year then Alabama theoretically be able to come into say Pittsburgh and hold one of the hold a camp of their own. Is that what you're saying? Yes, the, the, the outgoing commissioner Mike Slive said we're going to try to pass the legislation to uh, against the satellite camp. But in the event we don't have enough votes, then we're going to allow our coaches to have uh, satellite camps. Wow. I mean, you know, let's never forget. And I know you that you don't covering Alabama and of course the SEC is that you know uh, a quarterback by the name of Joe Namath came out of Western Pennsylvania about an hour north of Pittsburgh in Beaver Falls and uh, we all know the rest of that story right? <laughs> and that, that was a pretty good story for for Alabama and beyond it sure was and uh, folks will never forget Beaver Falls Pennsylvania he put it on the map 
for, for all football fans and everybody across America. Exactly. And I grew up about, you know, an hour and a half away from Beaver Falls. And I was a little kid, but I certainly knew who June, Joe Namath was. Everybody did in Western PA. So that was, uh, you know, so you know, this could turn into a watch what you wish for. You just might get it type of deal, you know. Uh, Nick Saban comes into Pittsburgh for, uh, uh, as an example and, you know, taps into that or, say, a New Jersey, which is fertile ground for Penn State recruiting for decades. Uh, and all of a sudden, he's, you know, kids who might never even have Alabama on their radar are suddenly meeting the likes of a Nick Saban or, you know, a Gus Malzahn or on and on and on. Uh, wow. This is huge. The, the ramifications of this could just be gigantic, obviously. Yeah, John. In other words, so let's say you, you have a kid wrapped up in Pittsburgh and, and he was going to go to Penn State or Pittsburgh, and then you're going to have to spend more money to keep recruiting that prospect if Alabama's up there trying to uh, come after some of your players. Bingo. Exactly right. Uh, you know, again, I'm sure, you know, and the SEC could look at it and basically say without sounding like a wise guy you know they started it so to speak <laughs> you know they, they, oh yeah and john here's something to just uh like as a, a, a side note to this story the sec distributed 31 million dollars to every school that sounds like FIFA. from last year about eight <laughs> to ten million per school that sounds like fifa ah <laughs> uh, sorry I don't mean to offend you with that remark, <laughs> but, but you know, no, it, it is such a good example. I mean, that's where, you know, that's how allegiances are built and whatnot. Uh, you know, what better timing to say that than what's going on in the world of FIFA where, you know, that's the way, you know, money talks at the end of the day. And if life is good and you're getting $31 million, oh my gosh, First school. you know, Per school, you're you're loving your, your SEC, and in this crazy era of the last few years of conference realignment, uh, there's 31 million reasons that I don't think anybody from the SEC would ever be looking to move to another conference, right? They're lo everybody's looking to get into the SEC. That's why right. they're 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 the they're the place where the, you have to put up the fence to keep everybody out because they're trying to jump the fence. <laughs> right, and if there were ever any doubt as to why, you just answered it right there. 31 million, enough. Enough said. And, you know, that's a one-year difference. I think it's either 8 or $10 million just in one year. And, and the, the main reason for that, uh, you know, difference in, from last year was the influx of revenue from the SEC network. Exactly. I was just going to say, I, would, I just assumed that, but you're confirming it. Uh, wow. Amazing. Um, well, you know, it's been a fascinating week, uh, you know, with the SEC, to say the least. I mean, there was also this news about, you know, not new, but it was coincidental with, you know, Everett Golson transferring to uh, Florida State. Huge news, seismic news. And, but, you know, just as importantly, he went there, many assume, because their SEC has rules that would have, made it not a sure thing for him to be able to play immediately in September, if I'm interpreting that correctly. Right, yeah, so they're going to have to address that issue. I mean, today's the final day, so something might come out of there, make some type of decision on these transfers. 
you know, football coaches don't like it when another conference has an edge. So most of the time, with any rule, and Nick Saban went over this um, on this first day at the SEC spring meeting, he said, with any rule, we should have uniformity among the Power Five conferences. Correct. I agree with him wholeheartedly. I mean, Nick takes some heat. Some of it deserved, some of it not. And in this case, not deserved at all. He's absolutely right. You know, it has to just be uniform. You know, Everett Golston, I mean, sometimes you hear these rule changes, uh, you know, the Rooney rule, stuff like that. Uh, I could see this sparking the Golston rule. Yeah, I mean, and for instance, I mean, just on his transfer, Everett Golston, I was reading a, uh, a report that, they had the athletic director of Notre Dame, and someone asked him if he had a hard-standing rule that a player could not transfer, or, or they or they uh, mandated what schools he could transfer to, and he just said that, well, we don't have a hard and fast rule, but probably if they're playing against us, uh, we probably wouldn't let them go to that school, but it's not hard and fast. I mean, they, he said that Everett Golden, uh, Golson didn't approach him about about some of these other schools. So, you know, we didn't have Florida State. Yeah, well, that was a fascinating byproduct of this whole thing, too, just that by all, by many accounts, Notre Dame had told him, you know, he couldn't transfer to any uh, school on their schedule. So, you know, right. that, that raised some eyebrows as well. So, fascinating, to say the least. Uh you know, also, you know, the American Athletic Conference, uh, which you and I both covered, uh, they held annual meeting this week down in Miami, and they are now a 12-conference team with 12, excuse me, 12-team league conference, excuse me, with, uh, so now they can hold a championship game, and they're going to hold one Saturday, December 5th at noon, uh, so that was a big announcement that came out yesterday, I believe, uh, and... Yeah, Navy's joining them, brings them up to twelve uh, teams. So yeah, they're they're going to be uh, so they're they're going to be in the mix potentially. You know, this increases their profile uh, significantly, uh, as we know. I.e., see the Big Twelve and or not, yeah, the Big Twelve uh, with Baylor and all those guys that they did not have a championship game, and look what happened to them. It did, it did not end well for TCU, as we know. No, no, it sure didn't, and good for the American Athletic Conference. They're they're Correct. trying to to uh, maintain that profile, and and you know that's including those cost of attendance issues and championships and um, anything else that all these other Power Five conferences uh, you know implement in their leagues. Right, and here here's the interesting part of that release from the AAC, which is simply. Uh, the winner of the AEC championship will have the opportunity to participate in one of the college football playoff New Year's Bowls if it is the highest-ranked team among the champions of Conference USA, the Mid-American Conference, the Mountain West Conference, and the Sun Belt Conference. Very interesting. I mean, I hadn't really seen that in writing. Uh, you know, I had some awareness of it, but, you know, to see it laid out in writing yesterday... Uh, you know, they're they're at the they're at the table now. It's just that simple. Yeah, no, no doubt. And if they they have uh, an excellent record at the end of the season, the, 
you know, why should they? Because they're going to play some of these Power Five teams, and that's where it's that's where it's done, John. Competition on the field. You have to show people that you can defeat these Power Five teams on the field. Yep. Well, again, they are one of five conferences now to have a shot at a seat at the table. Maybe that's the best way to say it. Which is great. It's terrific. It's uh, I love it. Uh, well, AP, we have a lot more to talk about in our final segment regarding college football. And the big news, something we've discussed before, is nine cities have officially bid for future college football playoff national championship games. So after the break, we'll talk about what cities uh, uh, threw their hat in the ring. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Before we get to A.P., my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is two National Hockey League Game 7s in the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. It's as good as it gets. Rangers Lightning tonight from Madison Square Garden. Blackhawks Ducks tomorrow night from... Anaheim, California should be great theater. And AP, we were talking uh, in the, at the end of the previous segment about the nine cities have submitted bids. You and I have discussed this before on our show just recently uh, for the college football playoff championship games. And the cities are New Orleans, Atlanta, Houston, San Antonio, Detroit, Minneapolis, South Florida, Charlotte, and the Bay Area in California. So, uh, and they submitted bids to uh, host the 2018, 2019, and 2020 title games. 
this coming January will be uh, it'll be in Phoenix. The following January 2017, it'll be in Phoenix. So these are for the games beyond that. So pretty interesting list. I don't know that there's any huge surprises there. A couple cold weather cities, and then really all the usual uh, all the usual candidates, right? Yes, yes, John. So when you're trying to <clears throat> to pare down that list and trying to maybe think what the committee might do, I, I'm thinking that you have Detroit and Minneapolis um, are bidding in uh, two different years. One's in the 19, one's in 20, Minneapolis and 20, Detroit 19. I'm thinking that one of those cities will probably be chosen. Hmm. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, and it's funny, when just when you said Minneapolis, you know, uh, it hit me that one city that did not submit a bid that's been in the mix for these types of things recently is Indianapolis. I would have, I would have thought they would have been on this list. Yeah, biggest surprise, John. It sure was. That that's caught immediately caught my eye that Indianapolis was not among those cities. Yeah, I mean they've been building. Had a great Super Bowl. I was out there that week, uh, and you know I know they host the Big Ten championship game in December. But let me ask you this, AP. It sounds like you've analyzed the list. Uh, I assume when we're looking at you know New Orleans, which hosts the Sugar Bowl and potentially in part of the rotating semifinal if you will, as well as, uh, uh, you know, South Florida, for instance, which is, again, or- the, you know, Orange Bowl, are the cities that are that are hosting these semifinals, like, there's no chance they would get awarded the championship game in the year when they're hosting a semifinal, right? No, not yeah, I don't think so, John. Yeah, I think that'd be, no, I think there's a no on that one. I would think so. I mean, again, I haven't yeah. analyzed what city went for what year, and I know, I don't know how far out the semifinal games are scheduled. Uh, you know, we already know this year it's going to be New Year's Eve in Miami, the Orange Bowl, and I believe the Cotton Bowl, right? Yeah, I think I think that's where it is. Yeah, in D- Dallas, which, which, which is uh, gives Texas another chance to participate in the playoff system. Two years exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, again, you know, you and I talked about this, so it's good to see that the, the list is officially out. And, you know, we can start to think about, you know, what cities. I mean, South Florida, I would, you know, let's just say they host a great Super Bowl. I'd love to see them get it. That's for sure. I mean, I yeah. think most people agree. Same with New Orleans. I mean, I, I think there's, you know, a lot of people believe that, you know, if it was up to them, the Super Bowl would rotate between, you know, New Orleans and Miami every year, and that would be that. And so I hope. Right. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's, that's true. And who am I to dispute that, right? It's, no, uh, no, that's the place where you can really have a lot of fun, you know, especially in New Orleans. Everything is geographically uh, centered in one, one place, whereas Miami is more spread out, of course, that, if, if I'm handicapping this thing, John, I, I, I think that Santa Clara, who is bidding in all three years, I would think that, that they have a chance, um, you know, possibly in that first year, I'm thinking. Yeah, well, you know, Super Bowl 50 is going to be there, right? At the new 49er again, stadium. 
So the Super Bowl will be there. Yeah, Super Bowl will be there. Uh, yeah, I'll be there. So, uh, but it's 2018. You know, they might have a chance. And like I say, I think one of those northern cities, Detroit or Minneapolis, and those are in 19 and 20. And then after that, uh, you know, there's a like for instance a newcomer kind of to this is maybe Charlotte. Right, Charlotte. You know, Charlotte's coming up in the world. You know, it's just a. Every time I look up, and I have some relatives live there who absolutely love it, and every time I look up, there seems to be more and more going on in Charlotte, so I would not be surprised at all, you know, if they get it. Uh, you know, neither of us are real cold-weather guys. We get enough of it, you know, certainly, you know, I do year-round, <laughs> and, and you used to, but, uh, you know... Detroit was I was there when the Steelers played the Seahawks, one of the funnest Super Bowl weeks of all time. But it was cold. Minneapolis I've never been to. So I'm, you know, not immediately given to rooting for a cold weather city. Again, even though I had a great time in Detroit. I think a lot of that had to do that a hundred thousand Steeler fans drove <laughs> to Detroit, which is a drivable distance. Right. And, uh, right. you know, I grew up near Pittsburgh, so it was a pretty fun week in that regard. But, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, but, but, go ahead, AP. But, John, but John I, I, I just interrupt for a second. I, I'm, if I had to look at this thing, I would say the first year of Santa Clara, and then I'd say somewhere like Charlotte and then Minneapolis. That's what I would say for those 18, 19, and 20. Wow. That's good. That, that's, that's great handicapping. AP, do you have a sense of when? The cities, the, you know, the selected cities will be awarded the bids. When will it become official as to what cities are getting what? Right. It's supposed to be this fall, John. I, I thought I read somewhere October being, being wow. announced in October. That'll be big news. Yeah. So we'll know fairly quickly. Absolutely. Well, that's going to be fascinating, to say the least. Uh, well, you know, good stuff. I, it's funny. I just happened to see something the other day about SEC Media Day is coming up. Media Days. It's four days, for gosh sakes. And the Big Ten has expanded their Media Day to two days now. Uh, they're coming right, right around the corner. I mean, it's feeling feeling like football, you know, with the conference meetings this week, as we discussed with SEC, American Athletic. Uh Football, college football, just seems like it's it's here, and uh, you know, before we know it, it'll be happening. And uh, so, yeah, the media days are great. So, should be fun. And AP, it's hard to believe, but we've actually uh, come to the end of our show again. Oh, enjoyed it, John. It was great. Really look forward to next week. Yeah, well, college football is creeping up more and more into uh, you know our our lead segment, and it's only May, so. Uh, I'm loving that, and I'm sure you are, too. I sure am, John. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you again for your perspective, as always, AP, and thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.